here's the behaviors that you're doing that are hurtful to our children and hurtful to me. Yeah. Are you willing to work on those or change those? And if not, then this is what the consequence will be. Yeah. And when you talk about your own experience, yes. rather than you're being a, a jackass or you're being mean and cruel, you blankety right. blank blank, it is, I am not going to be treated this way. I'm not yes. going to tolerate my kids being treated this way. I can't change you, but we will not be in proximity to this behavior. Exactly. That's taking responsibility for your own self yes. rather than forcing someone else to do something. Exactly. You'll always do a lot better with that, even if that's not always the easiest thing to do. Exactly. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, what to do when your husband refuses to get help. Here's what we're talking about today, and this has actually come up probably four different times within the last seven days in my sphere, in the world that I live in, mm -hmm. as well as articles I've read and um, forums I've seen online. This scenario comes up a lot, and I'm curious to hear your perspective on it. Okay. Husband, wife, married. Been married for probably two, three, four, let's put it up to five or six years. Okay. Usually have small kiddos in the mix, one or two typically, mm -hmm. and their marriage is very tumultuous. He ends up being very angry and very frustrated and ends up blowing up around the house, which now means the kids are actually very scared, very uncomfortable. Sure. They, they are showing physiological signs of stress and worry and anxiety. And the wife is saying, you can't behave like this. You cannot respond this way in the house because it's stressing our kids out. It's not very nice to me. I don't want to be around it. It doesn't solve anything. And... He goes, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with how I respond. The kids are just sensitive or they'll be fine. It didn't affect me that much when I was growing up in it. Any attempts for suggesting counseling or getting outside help or reading books or just getting any sort of help, he is highly resistant to. Right. He doesn't want anything to do with it because he genuinely believes there's nothing wrong. Nothing has to be solved. What do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Well, you're the expert in this. <laughs> What does that stir inside um, you as a wife, as a mother? Right. Boy, like my brain just went off. Zing. Lots of stuff going around. How'd that go? Zing. Okay. Just, okay, do you need to hear it one more time? No. Zing. <laughs> as a wife, to have a husband who is angry a lot, that puts me in the situation of always, always, always being on guard yeah. and always feeling like I have to protect the kids from my husband. It really puts a sense of instability in the family because you just, and the environment, because you just don't know when your husband is going to blow up, be mad, stomp around, slam cupboards, whatever it is, yell. And that instability really makes it difficult just to live, yeah. just to be at peace at any time. Yeah. Even when there is no emotions on his part, you still don't have the freedom to have peace and live in the moment. You're constantly going, when's the next shoe going to drop? And that would just be exhausting. Exhausting is a good term for it. Really good word for it. Heartbreaking is also. Yes, absolutely. I've, I've sat with so many women who 
are in tears and are at a loss for words or a loss for ideas of what to do next. Right. How do you handle something like this? Because this is a man that you love and right. usually the wife still loves the husband. There's lots of good things about the marriage, but this one issue is becoming cancerous. It's becoming right. so toxic in the relationship. And now she's torn because yes. she doesn't want to see her kids being hurt. She doesn't want to be treated this way. Right. She doesn't want to live in that anxiety and that fear and that anticipation of, of the next storm or the next World War Three blowing up in the house or in the kitchen. Right. And there's got to be disappointment, too, because that's not what you expected when you got married. Not at all. Not at all. And so often the depth of this anger and the depth of this resistance to getting help or growing doesn't show up until after you're married. There's always little hints for it. There's always little clues, but usually hormones and love kind of blinds us to those clues. So I don't want anyone else to feel bad for missing those clues. Right. You're also just not, you know, educated or informed in this because you're not living in it every day. Right. Well, and the other thing that can happen, too, is that those things just may not come up right. prior to marriage. And when you Especially get married, you don't have kids. Right. And then when you get married and have kids, yeah. some of the things that happen in normal life with kids may trigger yeah. things past yeah. trauma, history, that kind of stuff that would cause a person to react, but they don't understand or realize that it's an issue or that's how they're behaving and they don't know why. Exactly, exactly. As a general rule of thumb, a home, a house, where you go after a day's work, where you sit with a family, is supposed to be the safest space, the safest environment you have in your world. It's where you are supposed to be the most vulnerable, the most intimate, the most off guard with other human beings. And when home now becomes volatile, when home becomes a battlefield, when home becomes dangerous and you can't ever relax and deescalate the stresses of life there, now it becomes almost intolerable, almost impossible to actually just remain on a healthy path because your body, your physical systems are so turned on all the time. Your stress and anxiety are so ratcheted up. It leads to legitimate physical problems and pain and issues. leads to emotional distress. It leads to PTSD. It leads to legitimate problems, and it actually needs to be addressed. You can't really pretend like it's not there and that it's just going to magically go away. Something has to be done about it. Right. What do you suggest? What do you think a wife and a mother should do when they're faced with this situation? That's a good question. That question actually makes me feel torn a little bit. Why? When I was a kid, you would hear about wives would take their children and go to their mom's house. Mm -hmm. And I kind of always thought that that was the wrong thing to Mm -hmm. do. But sometimes you need some space. Yeah. But it's still, I still feel very torn about that. I don't, I I don't really know how to answer that question in a way that sits well with my values. Yeah. It's not an easy question. No, it isn't. And I'm just thinking it would be very easy for me to say if there was physical abuse going on. Yeah. Definitely a wife needs to take her children and get somewhere safe. Physically safe, yes. Emotional abuse, whether that's anger, yelling, screaming, tearing down, that kind of stuff. I don't know why that would be any different because abuse is abuse. Yeah. But it's still, 
one of those things you can't see it. There's no way to measure it. Yeah. He didn't hit me. He just yelled at me. He just yelled at the kids. So why should I make it a bigger deal than it is? I've actually heard that. Right. Even though I don't agree with that. It's what causes that dilemma inside wives who are experiencing this. Right. It also makes it even more complex when two hours after he blows up like that, he's genuinely apologetic. Correct. He's sorrowful. He might even have tears. He admits how wrong it is, and yet it doesn't stop. It just keeps repeating. And right. And the next night or the two nights after that, you're back in that same situation again, and now you're in this crazy cycle. You're in this loop that goes round and round and round of anger and aggression and fear and then sorrow and, and repentance and then anger and fear and, and round and round and round we go. Right. Should a wife leave a husband who's like this? That's a loaded question. That's an on-the-spot question, isn't it? It is. I think there are cases yeah. where that's a possibility. Notice how uh, ambiguous that yeah, answer is. very committal. This is where I'm really torn. Yeah. First of all, you have to know the whole story. I don't think a wife should just up and leave. She needs to tell her husband this behavior. We've talked about it. I've told you about it. You don't seem to think there's an issue. You continue to do it. There has been no change. So I need to have space. I need to mm. make space for myself. Mm. That's a better approach mm-hmm. than just, okay, I've talked. Nothing's changed. I'm out of here. Right. There needs to be the opportunity to have dialogue around it. Sure. And if the husband says, I don't see a problem, then you have the choice to say, all right, if that's how you see it, I'm taking some time. I'm taking the kids. I'm going to a place where I can breathe, relax, and distress so Mm. that I can clearly think through what's going on. When you're in a state of stress and anxiety, it is really difficult to actually think clearly and to be able to articulate well and make a clear path and clear goals. When you're in a heightened state all the time because of the situation, because you're worried about how your husband's going to respond, the only way to get those to come down and level out is to have space. Yeah, absolutely. So my answer is yes with... Caveats. Yes, exactly. My answer is actually pretty dang close as well. This behavior is not acceptable. I just want that to be the foundation of what we talk about here. This behavior is actually not healthy and conducive to a healthy household, and it should not continue. Now, one of the difficult or frustrating things is you can't make anyone else do something. Right, exactly. You can't make him, if you're the wife, you can't make him stop those behaviors. You can ask him, you can request, you can suggest, but you can't actually make him do anything like that. And that's where the difficulty in the situation comes in. And it requires the wife to be able to put actions behind her words. Exactly. Here's what I mean. You've already come close to it, which is this behavior is hurtful and inappropriate and unhealthy. And I do not want my kids to be treated this way. I don't want our children to grow up in this. Our kids are being harmed by this behavior. I am being harmed by this. And this needs to change. I am asking if you would get some help with me. And again, he is going to probably say, no, I don't need any help. And at that point, you get to say, It's either get some help or else we are going to separate. 
And that's going to be a minimum of six months because the three nights at your mother's house, the the couple days away, there isn't enough catalyst. There isn't enough seriousness around that, which says, this is how serious I am. I'm going to protect the kids from this behavior for a long period of time unless the behavior changes. Now, again, I agree with you. It's not just I'm out of here, screw you, and and I'll never see you again. And you proceed quickly to divorce. It is we're going to separate. And I am going to watch and see, are you going to go get help on your own? Are you going to admit that you need some help? Are you going to make effort not by me scheduling appointments for you with a counselor, not right. with me forcing you, pushing you, cajoling you, coddling you. I'm, I'm not doing any of those things. This is how important this is. And if you're not willing to fight for the marriage and fight for our kids in this, and you aren't having demonstrable actions behind it, then you probably will end up losing the marriage. You will probably have to move into divorce in some way because when a person is doing harmful, legitimately harmful behaviors and is unwilling to take responsibility for it, is unwilling to admit they have any problems and they will not seek help, there's nothing else you can do. Right. The best counselor in the world will not be able to help them. Exactly. Because they don't actually want the help. The best self-help book, the best program, the best podcast episode will not be able to help them because they are just not in that state to let it absorb or soak in. That breaks my heart. That's probably one of the hardest situations I am faced with as a professional counselor is when I see someone who is doing something legitimately painful, legitimately harmful to their family members, and they just will not take the responsibility and they will not change. Now, if you're in that separation... Well, I I was going to say before you go into that, I really like how you worded it because going to them and saying, you can't do this anymore. You you can't talk to me this yeah. way. You can't do that. that That's not helpful. No. But going to say, would you be willing to work with me? Are you willing to change? Are you yeah. willing to, yeah. instead of telling them what they have to or can't yeah. do. That will trigger their defensive brain yes. automatically. You have to respond with integrity. Yeah. And you have to, regardless of how you've been treated, you still need to treat other people appropriately, kindly, respectfully. And so to approach it from that, here's the behaviors that you're doing that are hurtful to our children and hurtful to me. Are you willing to work on those or change those? And if not, then this is what the consequence will be. And when you talk about your own experience, rather than you're being a a jackass or you're being mean and cruel, you blankety blank blank, it is, I am not going to be treated this way. I'm not going to tolerate my kids being treated this way. I can't change you, but we will not be in proximity to this behavior. Exactly. That's taking responsibility for your own self rather than forcing someone else to do something. Exactly. You'll always do a lot better with that, even if that's not always the easiest thing to do. Exactly. If during the separation or even if, you know, before you separate and you go, this needs to change and he goes, you're right. I absolutely need to get some help and I need to start putting some action behind some of this. You're allowed to patiently sit and watch. Now, he will not be perfect. He'll probably slip back into <laughs> right. his old behavior every once in a while. But you're looking to see if he'll go, oh, wait a second. I, I know that I messed that up and I need to make it right. Not in that crazy, you know, apologize two hours afterwards, but more immediate than that. And he's going... I know I need to change. Here's what I did wrong. Here's what I need to do differently. The first scenario, that crazy cycle is, 
I know I did something wrong, but I'm not going to put any action behind changing it. I just know that it's not working for me and I feel bad. Okay, let's sweep it under the rug and be done. Right. What I'm talking about here is, you're right, I screwed up again. It was my tone this time. My tone was hurtful. I need to start working on my tone. I'm going to start addressing that. Or even, I know I treated you wrong. I don't know how to do it differently yet. Yes. And I'm going to go ask the counselor guy, or I'm going to read a book on that, or I'm going to watch a video on YouTube, or I'm going to listen to a podcast episode that talks about that. I'm going to actually put steps and some actions into learning about it. Right. It's going to take a while for that wife to actually believe the changes are going to stick. Right. And that is totally appropriate. That's totally legitimate because there's no evidence for it. There's hope for it, but there's no evidence right. of it. And so it's appropriate to kind of just be cautious rather than uh, be gullible. You're not going to just believe that magically, oh, he's all better. He read that one magic self-help book and now I've got a whole new husband. Rarely do those transformations happen like that. Right. It usually takes time, energy, and effort for those transformations to happen, but they absolutely can happen. And in the midst of that, while you're watching those happen and you're not sure you believe them, you still need to respond with an appropriate thank you, I appreciate it, not a disbelief kind of response. Can you explain that a little bit better? Yeah, because if he blows up and then catches himself, if your survival brain goes, see, I knew that all this work you're doing is a waste of time. You don't actually care about this. You're not actually trying to get better. He's going to go, well, what the hell am I working this hard anyway? Screw it. I'm out of here. Right. Exactly. Versus thank you for catching yourself. Thank you for recognizing it's still hurtful. It is still hurtful. I appreciate you catching yourself. We're going to get a little separation for the next couple hours until you cool off kind of thing. And then you let me know what you're going to do different. You're putting the impetus onto him. You're putting the work onto him rather than you doing all the work as the wife. Yes, exactly. In this entire scenario, the number one thing that I'm looking for as a counselor is self-awareness on the part of the husband. He's becoming aware that he actually needs help. If someone, again, isn't going to admit they need help, nothing's going to change. And then admitting he is as dumb as a bag of hammers <laughs> and he has no idea what to do and he actually needs to get help. Again, right. a lot of guys just don't like to be a newbie. They don't like to humble themselves or look incompetent right. or unprepared in some way. And that ego, that desire to not look weak is what keeps them stuck. That is not an easy place for husbands to go. Right. And yet it is absolutely essential for husbands to go to that place if they want a marriage that's going to survive, if they want a wife who's going to feel safe and secure, if they want children who are going to grow up healthy and not anxious or avoidant, that they're going to have a good, healthy, secure bonding and attachment happening between both parents. Yep. And you model what a good relationship should look like for your kiddos. I'll end this episode with a rule I have with all my clients, and I hold on to this rule unapologetically and Anyone can challenge me on it at any time, and I'll be happy to discuss it with them why I'm so adamant about this rule. But my rule is kids always come first because kids are helpless because they have to tolerate their life. They can't get out of a situation if they don't like it. Again, they can't leave the house. They can't put a roof over their head. They can't put food on the table. They don't have anywhere safe to go. They can't escape. Other adults in the house, they actually can. They have more options available to them. 
They have more choice, more power legally, size-wise, responsibility, life experience-wise. Yep. They have so many more tools available than children do. And so I will always, 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 always defer to what is best for the kids. And if this situation where the kids are being harmed or, or hurt by the emotional or verbal abuse like this, then the kids always need to be put into a place where they are safe, where they are not going to be experiencing this, and they need to be removed from that situation sooner rather than later. If anyone has a problem with that, if anyone questions me on that, feel free to write in. I will be glad to discuss it. I'll be glad to even record a conversation about why that is. Kids need to be protected by parents. Yep. Hands down across the board, the end. This is a painful situation. These stories are heavy. These stories are hard. And again, they're not actually getting less. They're actually getting more right now. I, I don't know if it's COVID and goofy 2020 of what we're in right now, but it is a hard situation to deal with. Not impossible. It's not, it's not impossible, but it requires, well, it's one of the foundations of our secure marriage framework. It's the second part is that responsibility where right. a person needs to take responsibility for their behavior, their own growth, their own maturity, their own being aware of how they're impacting others in the family. And right. if someone will not take that responsibility, then it's really, really difficult to make any changes in the relationship. The best marriages are the ones who, where both people are willing to say, what am I doing that contributes to the dysfunction of this relationship. When two people do that, they're gonna have one of the best relationships ever. Out of all their friends, out of their entire family line, they will have one of the most amazing relationships ever. So if this happens to be you, this is your story, or you know someone who's in this scenario, we hope that this might have provided a few answers or a few next steps that you might have to consider, you might need to take. And it is not an easy solution, and each situation is unique. We understand that. But there are typically themes, and there are general rules that apply to to these situations. And so if you needed to have more help or more clarity on the situation you are sitting in, feel free to actually write to us, paul at securemarriage.com or shannon at securemarriage.com. And we would be glad to answer your questions. If you wanted to just improve your marriage in general and figure out how to have a secure marriage where you fight less and feel understood and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse, you can actually go to securemarriage.com. You can actually take a little quiz that will assess you on those six parts of the secure marriage framework. And then after that, you actually get some uh, more emails that have like communication courses and other goodies like that. Anyway, we hope you found this helpful. We hope you found it encouraging. We hope that we get to bring you hope in your marriage in yeah. one way or another. So anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. We will see you next time. Okie doke. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>